Hello and welcome to Leanne Ward Nutrition, a podcast where you will find expert advice on all things health and nutrition related. Each week, we will discuss my three niche areas of gut health, emotional eating, and sustainable fat loss. My hope for this podcast is to cut through the BS online and show you real, practical, and evidence-based messages around nutrition so you can live your best life day in and day out. So sit tight, buckle up, and let's get started on today's podcast. Welcome to podcast number five. I'm your host, Leanne Ward, accredited practicing dietitian, nutritionist, and now podcaster. (laughs) So today we are talking about a very popular topic. In fact, it's potentially the most requested podcast I've had so far. And that topic is, drumroll please, intermittent fasting. Now, if you haven't heard about intermittent fasting, it's likely that you've probably been living under a rock. But just to bring you all up to speed, let's start with a little bit of a background on what intermittent fasting is. So in a nutshell, intermittent fasting or IF, it's just really an eating pattern where you cycle between periods of eating and periods of fasting. So there's no real rules around what to eat or the types of food to eat with intermittent fasting, just really when to eat and in what um, you know particular period of time or window as time of, of time as some like to say. Um, so there's no um, real right and wrong here in terms of time frames. Um, it's really based on the individual and the time frame that you really want to eat in. So there are three main types of intermittent fasting. So let's run through them quickly um, together. So the three most common types are full or whole day fasting, alternate day fasting and time restricted or part day fasting, which on social media um, sort of seems to be the favorite that I see a lot of people doing and talking about. So the first one is um, alternate day fasting. So it's fasting sort of like every second day for an entire day. So you'd eat basically no calories or a very, very small amount of calories. So up to about 25% of your normal calorie intake, which for most people would be anywhere between maybe like 400 to 600 calories. Um, So basically you'd fast all day and only really have a very small meal or a very, you know, one or two small snacks. So an example of alternate day fasting would be fasting on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays and then eating normally um, in between the other days. So Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays and Sundays, you'd eat normally. So I kind of think this is, um, you know, a pretty hardcore approach. Um, I don't personally see it practiced that often with my clients. Um, I do... If I was to try something like that, I, I don't think I would I would last. Um, so that's the first type of fasting is alternate day fasting. The next type of fasting is whole day fasting, which um, is sort of a little bit more popular because it's just sort of fasting for one to two full days of the week. So again, you either completely fast where you have basically zero nutritional calories or you have a very, very minimal amount of calories up to about 25% of your daily calorie needs, which again is around sort of four, five, six hundred calories for the entire day. Um, And because it's whole day fasting for just one or two days a week, on the other days you eat basically normally without any any restrictions. Um, So this popular type of whole day fasting um, was made very popular by the 5 is to 2 diet. So that basically recommends restricting your intake to around, you know, four, five, six hundred calories on two days of the week and then eating normally on the other five days of the week. So you've got no restrictions on the other five days of the week. So this is probably a quite a popular type of intermittent fasting. Um, 
And there's been a little bit of research around this sort of type with the whole day fasting as well. But I do feel like a lot of clients that I've had that have tried this um, can sort of blow out on those five days because they just feel sort of so restricted on those one to two days a week. But again, it works for some people um, and it is quite popular for a reason. So both both um, alternate day fasting and full day fasting can suit the type, you know, people that just never really feel hungry or who just really have a poor appetite all the time or who just eat for the sake of eating or they eat because the clock says it's time to eat or something like that. Um, it can also be helpful for some people who have to lose a large amount of weight before, um, you know, potentially having a, a type of surgery or something like that. Um, it may also suit people who have really crazy busy work schedules and don't get time to eat properly. So they're constantly just like drinking really calorie dense fluids all day to get them through the day, which are really full of, um, you know, quite a lot of sugar and carbohydrates, like energy drinks and iced coffees and juices and smoothies and that sort of thing. But they're not eating proper meals based on protein and fiber and vegetables. Um, so people who work really long hours, busy shift workers, it might be pilots or air hostesses, could be doctors and nurses. Um, so alternate day fasting or part day fast or full day fasting can be helpful for, I guess, some of these types of people who don't have regular meal breaks. Um, and then finally, the third type of fasting, which I sort of think is the most popular and it's seen a lot of, um, on social media, is known as time-restricted fasting um, or part-day fasting. So it's basically you fast for periods of time during the day and then you eat for other periods of time. So an example of time-restricted fasting would be the 16-8 diet, where you fast for 16 hours in the day and then you eat within an eight-hour window. So this sort of type of part-day fasting tends to suit most people, um, including busy mum, shift workers, those who just don't feel hungry in the morning or at breakfast time, or those who are rushing to sort of get their kids out the door into school and who are trying to, you know, run out the door to work, that sort of thing. Or even people on holidays or um, people who just prefer eating, who, who prefer eating larger meals at night time or sitting down and having a large meal with the family at night time. They're sort of people that spring to mind when I think of more that time-restricted um, fasting during the day. So part day fasting, I would also say is a little bit more popular with most people because most people find it easier to do and a little bit more sustainable long-term. It just doesn't feel as restrictive as what full day fasting or alternate day fasting um, can be. So basically you set the timeframes that you want to fast for. There's no right or wrong. Some people like 16 and hour fasting. Other people like 14, 10. Um, some people might just choose to fast for 12 hours and, and that's enough. So there's no real right or wrong here either. Um, and then just as a side note, I just want to let you guys know that I really like to keep my podcast um, shorter than, I guess, average podcast or what I think. I'm not someone who just, you know, waffles on for an hour for the sake of a podcast. I really like to keep the information that I provide really short and succinct so that people can really absorb the education and not get too lost or overwhelmed with me just throwing out, you know, hours worth of content at you. So there is so much information out there on intermittent fasting that I could probably talk for a few hours on the subject, but you're going to have to wait for future podcasts because today I really just want to focus on intermittent fasting and weight loss as that's where most of the research is to date. Um, and I don't want to, I guess, comment or spend too much time on things like intermittent fasting and gut health or intermittent fasting and diabetes, or even just like fasting for sports performance as 
there aren't a lot of studies um, in these areas just yet, and we just don't have the research to support it and back it up just yet. So there are definitely some exciting studies in these areas, but the evidence is far from conclusive just yet. So in the essence of keeping this a short and succinct podcast, today we're really going to focus on intermittent fasting and weight loss. So I really hope that I can share more podcasts with you guys on the benefits of IF and other types of health conditions from experts that I interview, but I'm just not really across all of the research myself just yet, and I'd never want to share anything with you that is potentially inaccurate or wrong or that I just don't truly understand myself. And that's just me being completely honest and transparent and open with you guys. Um, I don't want to pretend that I'm an expert in every single area. So I have done quite a lot of research regarding intermittent fasting and weight loss. So that's what I'm really going to focus on today. Um, And I want you guys to appreciate that my podcast is based on evidence-based science. So I don't want to share things with you that just don't have the evidence or the research behind it just yet. And IF is a really exciting area. And I honestly think that in the next few years, we will have so much more research and science to back up some of these claims, especially from um, like a metabolic perspective and a gut health perspective. But right now we really do need more studies and we need to follow these people for a little bit longer to see the effects on their overall health conditions longer term. So my goal for the coming months is to bring some amazing scientists on board to discuss some of the incredible research that is happening in some of these areas. Um, But you guys will just have to stay tuned. And first, I need to find some of those amazing scientists. So that was just a quick little um, side note. So let's get back to discussing intermittent fasting and weight loss for today. Um, So I guess I'll start with the latest science with intermittent fasting and weight loss. So in the simplest of terms, what we know right now is that intermittent fasting is no better than any other sort of traditional calorie restricted diet or any other type of dieting. So what this really means is that you can't magically eat within a certain time frame and then lose more weight than eating the exact same amount of calories, but just spreading it out throughout the day. So it's not the fasting um, that makes you lose weight. It's just the reduction in your overall calorie intake. So that's what the science is telling us right now. Now, I can't tell you that this is still going to be true in six weeks or six months or six years time, because this is where the science is at right now. So I'm not going to say that one is better than the other, but the evidence and the research to date shows us that people lose equal amounts of weight from traditional dieting and normal calorie restrictions as they do from intermittent fasting. Now, what I know from working with my own clients is that most people find it easier to eat in a limited um, window or time frame of eating, and thus they find intermittent fasting a little bit easier to stick to than normal dieting, because I've had a lot of clients tell me that their appetite is a bit easier to control when they're only eating within a certain period of time or a certain window of time. We know that the metabolic effects of dieting tends to increase your appetite, and that's the main reason most people fail at their weight loss attempts is because their appetite increases due to the hormonal adaptations that come with eating in a calorie deficit. So this then leads them to eat more and put the weight back on. So intermittent fasting isn't this magical unicorn that everybody keeps talking about. Instead, I just want you guys to think of it as more 
like a tool in your toolbox, um, especially helpful for for weight loss for some people. Um, so you're not magically going to lose weight just because you did intermittent fasting and just because you ate within you know a certain eight hour window and fasted for 16 hours. You still need to ensure that you're eating in a calorie deficit to lose weight. So if you're if you've been trying intermittent fasting and your weight's not moving, chances are you're still eating too much even though you're eating in a reduced eating window. And I find that for most people, they overcompensate by skipping a few meals here and there and then eating a lot more junk food or highly processed foods within a smaller window, which you know bumps their calories right back up again. So the general principles around nutrition still apply. You still need to eat good healthy food, guys. You still need to move your body regularly and you still need to eat in a calorie deficit to lose weight despite whatever time frames or eating windows that you've chosen to eat in. So when we talk about those magical unicorns, I also think it's important to address the issue that I guess a lot of um, proponents of intermittent fasting talk about IF as producing these great immune responses where, you know, a small amount of stress is induced by periods of fasting. And this can be really helpful from a metabolic perspective or at a cellular level, because they sort of say that it, you know, cleans up and repairs different cells and processes in the body. Um, and I've heard, you know, people say all sorts of things like IF helps with memory loss. It helps with attention span, helps with cellular repair. It reduces your blood pressure, your lipids. Um, it even, I've heard people say that it assists with things like gut wall healing. Um, now there is a small amount of evidence for all of these things. Yes, but the majority of the evidence is in animal and mice studies. And we simply cannot infer this directly to humans just yet. We do need more studies and more evidence. So the bottom line here is, guys, that yes, there's a large amount of really, really promising studies on intermittent fasting, but the majority of this research has been done on obese rats. Yes, these rats lose weight. Their blood pressure, cholesterol, and blood sugars improve, and they have other metabolic improvements as well. But guys, they're still rats. So studies in humans across the board have shown that intermittent fasting is safe, and potentially really effective for some people, but overall, it's really no more effective than any other type of dieting. So I guess the benefit of intermittent fasting is that most people feel like they don't need to be as strict with their diet as, you know, they're skipping a few meals. So I don't so much love this concept is what a lot of people say to me because I'm eating less, I can eat, you know, more processed foods. I'm a huge believer in the fact that food, the food that we eat has the potential to fuel our body and our mind and our performance. And I'm a massive advocate for eating nourishing foods regularly. So if somebody was just to eat one meal a day and lose weight, but that meal was like deep fried fish and chips, I wouldn't say that that person was necessarily healthy despite them losing weight. So please remember that the general principles of nutrition still exist and you know I preach them all the time for a reason. It's not just about eating appropriate amounts of protein and, and carbohydrates and fiber and veggies and healthy fats. Well, they all have um, health benefits as well. It's not just about calories in and calories out. Um, 
So now I also think it's a great time to mention, while we're talking about intermittent fasting, who it's not appropriate for. So I don't believe that intermittent fasting is appropriate for um, women who are pregnant or breastfeeding, um, young children or adolescents who are still growing because they've got higher energy requirements, anybody with a restricted um, eating background or a disordered eating background, or anyone with a diagnosed eating disorder, intermittent fasting is not appropriate for, or anybody who has higher than normal energy needs, who expends a huge amount of energy, people like athletes. So intermittent fasting isn't supposed to be a diet as such. Um, people, you know, tell, you can eat whatever you want in a restricted time frame. But when you start to put restrictions on your eating, even if it's just the times that you eat, that you can and can't eat, some people find this quite restrictive and quite detrimental to their health. So as I said, IF isn't for everyone. So you really need to weigh up if it's going to have a positive impact on your health or potentially a negative impact on your health journey. So with intermittent fasting, you can basically do it any time that you like, but you need to ensure that you aren't eating or drinking anything with calories in it within your fasting window, or you essentially just break your fast. So black coffee is perfectly okay, but the minute that you add milk or sugar or butter or cream or anything like that into your coffee, you're essentially breaking your fast. So say you fast from 8pm at night to say midday the next day, you would stop eating at 8pm at night and you just focus on calorie free fluids such as water, unsweetened black tea or coffee or herbal teas during your fasting period. So it's really important to maintain your hydration with fasting as some people find that it, um, you know, they can feel really lightheaded, especially if they're used to eating um, every morning or eating quite frequently. So if you guys want to try IF, or intermittent fasting, my top recommendation would be to listen to your body. Say, for example, you decide that you're going to fast for 16 hours today. So you stop eating at, say, 7 or 8 p.m. that night, and you've decided to do a 16, 8-hour fast. So you're going to fast for 16 hours and only eat within an 8-hour eight hour, eight hour, uh, window. So say you get, um, I don't know, 13 hours into your fast and you're still sort of three hours short of your target, but you're feeling physically sick, a bit lightheaded and a bit weak. For goodness sake, guys, please just eat something and call it a day. Like there are so many people out there who are just so rigid with their intermittent fasting that they wait till exactly 12.01 to eat something. Guess what, guys? If you're eating at 11.50 a.m., that's okay. Like you're not gonna, you're, there's nothing magical about this fasting window. It's about your overall calorie deficit throughout the day. So I see so many people saying so many different things on social media, like this time frame is the best for fasting or this window of eating is the most optimal and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, I haven't read anything, guys, that shows that 16 hours is indeed better than 12 hours of fasting or 20 hours of fasting trump 16 hours or anything like that. So at the end of the day, if you're doing it to lose weight, it's not the fasting as such that helps you lose the weight. It's the reduction in your overall calorie intake that's a real kicker here. So while we're talking about listening to your body, please also remember that if you're going to try anything new at all with your diet or with your lifestyle, you should always be tracking it and seeing how it affects you. So if you're going to try IF or if you've been trying intermittent fasting already, please track your sleep, track your mood, track your energy levels, track your digestion, your hunger levels, and finally, track what it's doing to your social life and your mental health. If it's having an impact negatively on any aspects of your health or of your life, well, perhaps intermittent fasting is not for you after all, and that is perfectly okay as well.
So I just wanted to quickly touch on intermittent fasting and training as well. So if you have a really high training load, if you're an athlete or you have performance-based goals, then intermittent fasting is likely not going to be appropriate for you as you're probably not going to get in the required amount of fuel that eating in a small window um, would provide you. So if you're somebody who trains early as well, again, intermittent fasting probably isn't going to be the best thing for you to do because once you finish training, you'll want to replace any of your lost fuel soon after your workout. So if you're up at 5am and you're hitting the gym early and you put in a great session and then you're going to try and fast until 1pm, you're probably going to do your body more harm than good as you're not going to be fueling and nourishing it appropriately after your training session. So if you're somebody who trains early in the morning um, and you've got some performance-based goals and you really want to maximize your workouts, um, I don't generally recommend doing intermittent fasting. If you want to trial it, do it on your rest day or a non-training day so that on your actual training days, you can fuel and nourish your body appropriately after your sessions. Sure, if you want, you can do your sessions um, completely fasted if you don't have performance-based goals. Say you're just going to do some yoga or you're going to go for a run or something like that. You can definitely do those sessions fasted, but um, you want to be taking in a good source of nutrition after your workout um, as well. So please bear that, you know, keep that in mind. And if you're an athlete or you're somebody who trains with a huge amount of volume or intensity, especially early in the morning, please talk to your sports dietitian about whether intermittent fasting would be appropriate for you or not. Um, unfortunately, I can't give you guys specific recommendations for types, you know, for certain types of individuals or situations over this podcast. And I got a lot of DMs and emails from people, you know, asking me to give them personalized advice, which I can't do if you're not my client. You really do need to book in with a professional if you have any specific questions or concerns with your own training or lifestyle. Um, So I just wanted to finally, I guess, finish up this podcast with saying that I have personally tried intermittent fasting and I must admit that I'm much more of a fan of part day fasting. Um, I I sort of tried to do the full day fasting. I absolutely cracked like I was famished. Um, It's definitely not for me. I, I found part day fasting quite achievable. And as I said, I'm not trying to rigidly stick to, I have to get to the 16 hour hour mark. If I felt hungry after 12 hours, I allowed myself to eat. If I felt, you know, weak or lightheaded or something like that after 13 or 14 hours, I would definitely eat something. Um, So I sort of started, I guess, dabbling with intermittent fasting when it became pretty popular a year or so ago. But I guess I've always sort of tended to do it on my weekends without really even meaning to. So on the weekends, I'll generally stop eating, you know, the night before around seven or eight o'clock, which is I normally have my dinner around 6.37 anyway. So I'm generally finished with my eating at seven or eight. And I don't generally tend to snack or eat too much after dinner besides maybe a glass of water before I go to bed. So it's quite normal for me to stop eating around that time anyway. And then on the weekends, I tend to have a little bit of a sleep in like we all do. And perhaps, you know, say I might wake up around eight o'clock. I normally do some chores around my house. I check my emails. I check my social media. I love to sip on a green tea and play some tunes on a Saturday morning. Then I might wander down to, um, you know, the shop or go for a little walk around my neighborhood. I'll come back. I might hang out my washing, do a few more chores. And before I know it, like it's generally noon or it's certainly lunchtime. So I tend to eat um, a more calorie dense cooked brunch on the weekend. I really like things like my eggs, my halloumi, and I like some, you know, fried eggs and sourdough. I'll throw some olives and halloumi in there. So my my, brec- well, my brunch on the weekend tends to be more calorie dense than my breakfast during the week. Um, and because I'm not really eating till 
I guess, midday on most weekends because I just don't really feel hungry. I find that dropping out my breakfast and my morning tea allows me to sort of eat a more calorie dense um, cook brunch, which I absolutely love, or it sort of allows me to have a bit more of a meal out and gives me a bit more flexibility. You guys know I love pizza and a couple of glasses of wine. So I don't generally do intermittent fasting for weight loss purposes, but I have found it can be helpful for me on the weekends just allow me a little bit more um, flexibility with my eating, an extra wine or an extra meal out without completely blowing out my calorie budget. Um, and because I'm not really hungry in the mornings on the weekends, and I don't tend to train in the mornings on the weekends either, I find that intermittent fasting really does suit my lifestyle quite well just once or twice a week as it balances out my energy intake on the weekends, which means that my weight isn't increasing or decreasing like it's always been fairly stable for the last couple of years. I don't find intermittent fasting restrictive at all. And if, for example, um, I woke up on a Saturday at, say, 8 o'clock and I felt hungry, I would eat something. Or as another example, say a friend invited me out for breakfast at 7 o'clock. A, I'd be like, what the hell, who eats breakfast at 7 a.m. on Saturday? But B, I would go with her and I would eat a proper meal because I don't let something like intermittent fasting interfere with my general day-to-day life. Does that make sense? Like I don't want this to be something that's restrictive or um, more of that dieting mindset for me because I don't believe that that's healthy. So don't let intermittent fasting dictate your life. Only sort of try it or use it if it can be something that fits your lifestyle. Don't make your lifestyle fit intermittent fasting, if that makes sense. Um, So I really think, guys, the the important concept to note here is that um, this concept that we've not we've thought for many years was that eating often and frequently, you know, eat small meals a day constantly throughout the day because that'll support your metabolism. This concept has now gone out the window. We've got the research to prove that intermittent fasting doesn't have any detrimental effects on our health or on damaging our metabolism as such. So that whole concept of Eat, eat small frequent meals and that'll help support your metabolism. That's now gone out the window. So if you want to try intermittent fasting, completely fine. Go give it a go. If you don't want to try it, again, completely fine. I personally find that it's really helped me to tune into my hunger levels a little bit more, especially on the weekend. I often find that I just eat or I graze out of more that boredom sake. But with intermittent fasting, I really find that I'm definitely able to tell when I am truly hungry versus, oh, I think I'm just a bit bored. I'll go and occupy myself with something else. So I often find that, particularly in the weekends, I eat out of routine or habit. So taking that away a little bit and actually listening to my true hunger levels really helped me establish and learn that some days I was a lot hungrier than other days. Um, And I also found that some days I could easily fast until one o'clock. I didn't even look at the clock. Like I wasn't even concerned, you know, being hungry didn't even appeal to me at all. Whereas other days, like I'd wake up and I was sort of ravenous from the minute that I woke up and I'd have to eat straight away. Um, So really, I guess, helped me be a little bit more in tune with my hunger and fullness mechanisms within my body. And I know that a lot of my clients have also said that it's helped them to identify and recognize true hunger as well. So I didn't I guess, originally try intermittent fasting from the perspective that I wanted to lose weight. I did it more so as just an experiment on myself so that when my clients came to me with questions or saying that they wanted to do it, I had some sort of real life experience to to guide them in this area. Um, But honestly, learning about my hunger levels really did surprise me. And so I guess this was just like an added bonus as well. So I do 
personally continue to do intermittent fasting, um, probably only one to two days a week maximum, generally on the weekends. But it's purely from the perspective of I just don't feel hungry when I wake up. And it's often after I've had maybe a day or two off training. So I'm really trying hard to listen to my body and to honor my hunger levels and to not force myself to eat something because we know that, you know, breakfast now isn't the most important meal of the day. Um, We know that if you skip breakfast, there's not going to be any sort of like detrimental effects to your metabolism or to your health. Um, So if you're hungry at breakfast, eat something. If you're not, don't eat something, but always, always, always keep your hydration and your fluids up. Even if you're you're not feeling hungry, hydration is particularly important. Um, so I guess bottom line here is, guys, if you want to try IF, do it. If not, continue to do as you are. Intermittent fasting hasn't been shown to really provide any miraculous benefits just yet, but I am hopeful that there will be some incredible research around fasting in the future. And I am particularly interested in intermittent fasting and gut health, as I mentioned to you guys, and learning if periods of fasting and resting the gut can be beneficial for conditions like IBS. Um, And I wish that I had an answer for you guys today, but my goal is to find some amazing scientists to bring on my podcast to talk to you guys about some of the emerging evidence in this area, um, especially around intermittent fasting and gut health. So please stay tuned. Um, And if anybody knows any of these brilliant scientists or researchers in the areas of intermittent fasting and gut health, please, please send me an email because I would love to bring some of them on my podcast. So I hope that today you enjoy this podcast on what intermittent fasting is, the different types of intermittent fasting, who it may be appropriate for and who it's not recommended for, and the evidence to date for intermittent fasting, which we now know is really only around weight loss in humans. You know, as I mentioned, there is some promising research for things like metabolic markers in gut health, but it's only really in animal studies at the moment. So if you're wanting to lose weight, then IF may be appropriate for you. It has been shown to be safe in humans, but it's also been shown to not be any better than any other diets or methods of calorie restrictions. So please remember, you don't lose weight from this magical fasting period as such. It's more from the reduction in your overall calories. So that is it from me today, guys. Please leave me a review or a rating or share your favorite episode on your social media channels for me, as this really does help me get my podcast out there to showcase to the world some great evidence-based and scientific research behind health and nutrition in this hugely messy and complicated health world that we live in today. I appreciate you guys rating and sharing my podcast today. Thank you so much for listening and sharing, and I will catch you in the next one.